Hey, this is Ed Luther, pastor of City Church in Australia. I hope that today's podcast really inspires you. Thank you so much for listening. The end of a year for me is a great time to make adjustments because the way that I finish this year is the way that I'm going to start next year. And I'm very thankful that God has given us uh, time, demarcations, units, you know, years and months and weeks and minutes and all of these things to let us know, hey, uh, stop and smell the roses, take stock and make some adjustments as you go along so that you're not just uh, unaware that time is moving on. And I don't want to hit my use by date and realize, gee, I wish I would have captured the time better and made some adjustments to my walk while I had the chance. These adjustments don't have to be big. I make uh, often small adjustments to my thinking. I make adjustments to my conduct, my habits. I look at the habits that I have in life, uh, good habits, I might add, but I make adjustments. And these adjustments, I'm going to call them calibrations this morning because our message this morning is recalibrating for your future. So I want us to look at recalibrating or making adjustments today for our future. Like I said, the end of the year is upon us. We've only got, what, a couple weeks or something. Uh, It's a great time to start thinking now, what don't I want to carry into next year? Or what do I want to carry into next year? What am I carrying now that I need to get rid of so I don't carry that into the, the, the new year? And, and, and what do I need to pick up? What kind of adjustments do I need to make? So that's where we're going to go this morning, is making adjustments for that. I want to go to, uh, in a moment, to a very familiar passage of Scripture. It's one of my favorite accounts in the whole Bible. And that's when the people of God, Israel, crossed over the Jordan into their promised land. They've wandered for 40 long years. Now, now maybe you haven't wandered and gone in circles for 40 long years, but if we're thinking about the adjustments that we have to make in recalibrating, I want you to think about what have have you kind of gone over this year in circles maybe that you need to break out of that orbit get into a new, new orbit uh, for next year and do something new. They've been, they've been doing this thing called wandering in a wilderness <laughs> for 40 years. I mean, a lot of people in this room aren't 40 years old, so it's longer than your lifetime. I wish it was uh, not longer, uh, uh, rather longer than my lifetime, but it's not. But uh, it, it's, it's something that that can become so ingrained that it's almost impossible to break out of. And if we're not careful, if we don't make adjustments, if we don't recalibrate purposely, then we just, we get in a big holding pattern when it comes to life. Moses had led the, led the people of Israel for the 40 years, and, and Moses, he got frustrated. I don't blame him. I pastor a church. Not as many people as he was leading in a nation, but you can get really frustrated when you see people that just, come on, man, like, how many messages do you have to hear? How many church services? How many Bible studies do you need to go online and gather up before you're going to change something? 
uh, accumulating knowledge is not the Christian walk. It's, it's what you're going to do with that. It's the application and all, all you're getting. Get understanding. It's what's, what's going to undergird you and, and get wisdom and, and apply that to your life. Moses got frustrated. Now Moses is dead. If we went to Joshua 1, we won't. But you know, Moses, my servant, is dead. God says to Joshua, now, now you take him over. Joshua's been on the journey with Moses as his 2IC, and he's probably really frustrated with Moses. Like, come on, Moses. Like, what are you doing? Are we going to get on with this thing? Like, he was one of the spies that went in and saw the, the, the land flowing with milk and honey, you know, 40 years previous to that. He came back, gave a good report, him and his buddy Caleb. He said, man, this is a, a land flowing with milk and honey. Yeah, there's giants there, but we're bigger than that. And... and he, 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 has, he has now the responsibility and, and, and the word from God to take these people over. Now, at the time, and historians, and, and uh, if you looked at commentators, the, the, the commentaries on this, that the Jordan River was in flood stage. The, the, the Jordan River at that time was roughly 20 miles long, about two miles worth of accumulated water, two miles across. That's, that's massive. And about 120 uh, feet deep. So that's like, that's not like ankle deep or, you know, we're going to walk uh, just in a little puddle here for like a little creek or something. This is a major river that's in flood stage. This is a major miracle in the Bible. Moses had parted the Red Sea. Joshua saw that. He knew God is capable. God's more than enough. Now God gives him a word. I want you to take these people over. This is also a big deal because uh, the the Bible tells us there's about 40,000 armed men or trained men that are equipped. They're going to lead the way after the ark. And, And then all the population is going to follow after that. He gives them instructions to stay back about a uh, 1,000 feet, I think it is. It's roughly a kilometer behind the ark. So the ark with the priests and the Levites are going to carry that first. They're the ones that are going to see the waters parted. Either, either the waters are going to part or they're going to drown. One way or the other, they're marching into that river in flood stage. So I want you to see this is quite This is quite a scene that's unfolding here. After 40 years, Joshua now gets this word. He's either a madman, he's had too much manna pizza or something the night before, or or this is going to happen. He really did hear from God. The adjustment that has to be made here is a major one, and it's something that I believe uh, that all of us need to make as well, to recalibrate for our future to cross over into a new year. So I want to pick that up in Joshua chapter 3. Look, start at verse 1. Early in the morning. I like that. I think I'd be up early in the morning if God told me that, uh, that, that I couldn't sleep. I'd be like, oh man, God, like, if, if you don't show up, this doesn't work. I'm in trouble. Early in the morning, Joshua and all the Israelites set out from Shittim. Don't call the city that. And went to the Jordan where they camped before crossing over. Now, I like camping for a couple of days. Uh, they've been camping for 40 years. <laughs> Think about that. Like, that's, that's too long. Like, I like, 
I like my house. I like a shower. I like the proper bed and walls and the whole deal that goes with it. Forty years would get very, very old. And it says, uh, the camp before crossing over in three days, verse uh, 2, after three days, the officers went through the camp, giving orders to the people. When you see the Ark of the Covenant, and get this because it's an Ark of the Covenant, later it becomes known as the Ark of the Testimony. Before you cross over, before the miracle, you've got a covenant with God. You've got a word from God to stand on. After, the, after they cross over, you've got a testimony. So it's now called the Ark of the Covenant. It's the presence of God. When you see that Ark of the, of the Lord your God and the priest... Uh, uh, who are Levites carrying it, you are to move out from your positions and follow it. A lot of us, the thing that God is going to want us to do to recalibrate, to go into the next year, to cross over into this next year, is maybe to get out of some of the positions that we've held in our thinking, perhaps even in the natural. Maybe, it's a, maybe it is a shift in ministry or jobs. Whatever that position is, it's, it's a time to reevaluate, is this position something that God has called me to position myself in, or is this a, a position of stubbornness, laziness, unbelief? Well, you have to make the call, and this morning, it's a great time for you to do that. And that, get this, then you will know which way to go. Then you will know when, when you move out, but don't get ahead of God. A lot of us move out and, and we leave God in the ark way in the past and then, then it doesn't work out. Then we go, where's God? Where were you, God? Well, God's got to be out in front. God leads, don't forget, he is the Lord. He doesn't follow us. Signs and wonders follow, but he leads. And, and, and it says, then you will know which way to go. God's out in the front, you, you, you step out in his word, then you will know which way to go. And get this, you have never walked this way before. But keep a distance of about a thousand yards, again, that's about a kilometer between you and the ark. Do not go near it. Later on, you know what happened when David tries to take the ark back to Jerusalem, uh, and the ox stumbles, and Uzzah steadies it, and he gets zapped. Uh, we've preached on that one. So they're about to recalibrate their lives to leave the wilderness and move into their promised land after 40 long years. You have never walked this way before. This year that's coming up, you have never walked this way before. Now, that statement has two meanings to it. I believe both of these are, uh, are accurate and apply. You have never walked this way before. The first meaning can, can mean this. God is taking you somewhere new, somewhere that you have never been before. In 2024, you can walk somewhere different. You've never been where God is taking you. Now, that's a new thing. There's a lot of reasons why we don't want to do a new thing because the old becomes very appealing. The old is comfortable. We can hold our position in the old. We don't have to step out and exercise anything called faith. So we form habits around the old. 
and the habits then form us. Too many people are too obsessed with their past for God to do anything new for them. You're not going to, as we recalibrate in this way, you're not going to do something new looking back. Sometimes I catch up with friends uh, that I haven't seen for a long time. I didn't go to our, get this, 50-year high school reunion. <laughs> like, wow, has it been 50 years since I graduated from high school? Yeah, it has. I didn't make it, uh, but I watched on Facebook uh, a lot of people posting things, and, and I couldn't recognize anybody, but nobody would have recognized me either if they saw picture of me. They wouldn't have gone, oh, that's Ed Luther. They'd have been like, who's that old dude? Like, uh, no, we, we've changed 50 years later. <laughs> but, uh, but one of the things that happens when I catch up with old friends is we tend to share old memories. And it's fun. It's okay. There's nothing wrong with that. But I can't live my life like that. If I, if I try to drive the car with the rear view mirror, we're going to crash. And Philippians says this, forgetting what's behind. Forget about it. Uh, I've got some fond memories, but, but I'm not, I'm not going to speak that out and expect to go forward in life. A lot of times we don't step into new territory. It's because we need to recalibrate our thinking from the old and, and start to talk and speak about the future, not just the past. The past is full of regrets. It's, pull, it's full of uh, some successes, some things that we conquered. But if we're patting ourselves on the back or living in regret over the past, we can't move forward. And that's where Israel's been in a holding pattern for 40 long years, talking about even Egypt is, is appealing now. People are so obsessed with the past that God can't take them somewhere new. God doesn't just have your back. He's got your future as well. You won't find your future looking back. Isaiah 42.9 says this, See, look, the former things have taken place, and new things I declare before they spring into being. I announce them to you. We're going over. We're going to go into a promised land. I've given you promises, new scenery, new opportunities, new challenges, but we're moving forward. I love that about life. Apparently, there's a, uh, a plaque or a sign at top of Mount Everest. It says, it says this, he died climbing, whoever it was. In fact, there's a lot of them that have died climbing. But I'd rather die climbing than die sitting, die frozen in complacency, having never lived, having wasted this life that God gave me. I'd, I'd rather go, well... I died, we're all going to die, but I died climbing. I died reaching forth. I died doing something that God challenged me with. I died exercising faith, not doubt and unbelief. Now, the second way that we can take this statement, you have never been this way before. Again, number one is to, uh, that God will take us someplace that we've never been before. But the second one is your walk will be different than before. In other words, you will be different. And this is the one that challenges us because we all want to go somewhere different, but we don't want to be someone different. You're not going to go somewhere different in God until 
God changes you from the inside out, and you are somebody different. In other words, before God does something new with you, he will do something new in you. To do something new, you have to be someone new. You have to see that you are someone new. But people are more interested in where they're going than who they're becoming. So God can't take us anywhere. In 2024, you can be somebody different, and your walk will be different. You have never walked this way before. I like what Jesus said in Matthew 6, he says, or 9 rather, he says this, Nobody puts a piece of, uh, an old piece of cloth, an unshrunk rather, a new piece of cloth, unshrunk cloth on an old garment. Because when it shrinks, it's going to pull the whole thing, it's going to rip it. You don't put new wine that hasn't fermented yet in an old wineskin. It's going to bust the wineskin. You have to be someone new to really step out and do something new and amazing. I think about the man at the gate called Beautiful for three, oh, for his whole life, he's, he's there in Acts chapter 3, and, and, and he's become complacent. He's, it's just his lot in life. I can't walk. I gotta, I'm just the blind beggar at the gate. And then uh, Peter and James and John, they come by and rise and walk, and the guy gets up and does something new. But it took somebody new that knew who they were in Christ to reach out and see this guy healed. Joshua. It's going to take them over, but look at Joshua 3, 5, as we look at calibration. Joshua told the people, consecrate yourselves, for tomorrow the Lord will do amazing things among you. It's your time. You can have a miracle moment stepping into 2024. You can walk together with a whole bunch of other people that want to have a miracle moment and share something, us as a church, walk together even when it hurts, is our value. And see something even bigger because a collective miracle is even bigger than just a single miracle. But they've walked together through 40 painful years and they haven't even reached their promised land. I was talking to a friend Recently, nobody that goes to this church, in fact, they're not um, a Christian. And my friend was telling me that he has severe tinnitus, or tinnitus, I don't know how you pronounce it. It's, it's, it's a ringing in the ear. It's nothing to do with noise on the outside. It's, it's just noise that's in his ears from damage of some kind, he said, because he used to dive a lot and... Uh, you know, going down, equalizing constantly, and it caused just severe tinnitus. So all, he said it's like crickets chirping, like just really loud constantly, to the point where the only way that he can sleep is to put white noise on his speakers. Like his wife's not terribly happy about that, but it kind of drowns out what's going on in his head. The noise around him drowns that out. We live in a noisy world. There, are so, there is so much noise going on in this world right now. Rumors of wars and wars and stories and negativity and, and, and conspiracy theory stuff. And the, the, the voice 
of the noise, the, 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 the noise that's going on, if we're not careful, it becomes like tinnitus in our head. We, we carry that around with us to the point where we can't hear from God anymore because the noise of this world is so loud. And what tends to happen with people, because I've been pastoring for a while now, is they can't, they can't hear, they can't talk, so there's no conversation going on that's meaningful for, for what, so what they do is they check out. They just, I'm just going to isolate. Well, God's called us to relate, not to isolate. So they check out. They isolate. They separate themselves. I separate myself for a while unto God. Prayer time, taking a little bit of time out. But to do that as a permanent kind of holiday from relationship is deadly. And so people today in our world, they're, they're going down vortexes and, and dark tunnels of thinking through isolation. And, and they don't escape that darkness often, even heading into the Christmas period. It, become, it becomes one of the darkest times for some people. Suicide and, and depression uh, are on the increase during this season because everybody else is happy. I, I saw their Instagram feeds and, wow, are they having a good time? My life really sucks. You know, how sad is that? We have to recalibrate our thinking through consecration. Consecration is separation. It comes from a Latin word, actually, uh, that means sacred. It's to take and to separate yourself unto God, not from people. Not isolation, consecration. It means I'm going to take time, and I'm going to get above the noise that's going on by not feeding myself on all of this junk, and even not just politicians that are confused that, you know, are adding to this noise, but false prophets of speculation and doom and people in the church world that have leadership voices and positions feeding into this thing. And pretty soon it's like, oh my God, World War III, we're all going to die. It's going to happen next week. Well, if it does, you go to heaven. But if you cling to God, God's never going to let you down. The best position to be is consecrate yourself unto God. Cling to God. If you cling to God, you can't lose. You're never going to die. You got eternal life, for goodness sakes. Whatever happens, if, I, if I'm clinging to God, there's no way that I can't do anything but conquer but I have to consecrate myself, which is cling to God with everything that you have. Don't, don't isolate yourself from the church, from God's people, from uh, faith-filled people. If you're going to isolate, then stop the conversations that are going on so they don't get into your head and so that you don't have to just get white noise going on and, and that you can actually think the thoughts of God. Now, Joshua has to think the thoughts of God. He has to hear from God. He does that. He goes up a mountain. He gets isolated and consecrates himself unto God. God speaks to him. Tell the people now. In fact, lead the people. Moses is dead. Lead the people across now into the promised land. I'm telling you that 2024 can be an amazing year for you, but you've got to make some adjustments. Calibrate for your future now. We've got a couple of weeks left till we step into that. Look, there's nothing magic that's going to happen when the 
when the clock strikes 12 or whatever and we're singing Happy New Year and you're getting kissed by your grandmother or whatever. Uh, you know, nothing magical is going to happen. It's an extension, but it's a time to take stock. Time is a demarcation so that I can say, okay, strategically God's created orbits and time, orbits of planets and time. So I'm going to recalibrate. I'm going to get away from the noise. I'm going to hear from God, get above the noise so that I can actually hear from God. See, if, if you lose your hearing, I'm talking about your hearing from God, lose your hearing, lose your hope. Lose your hope, lose your faith, because faith is a substance of things hoped for, the evidence of things not seen. Lose your faith, well, guess what's going to happen to your life? So the noise, the voice, the noise that's going on has to stop so that you don't lose your hope because it's not giving you hope. I, I've never turned on the news yet where I went, Wow, I am so encouraged after listening to all of that. I don't know, maybe you have. I have never had that experience yet, but I've never yet got into the Word of God where I don't close the book and, and go, wow, I've never yet had a wow, I'm so discouraged after hearing from God. God is the ultimate encourager. God will give you hope if you recalibrate towards him. God will then let that hope become faith, and that faith will take you places into the, into the new year that you want to go. Faith depends on hope, and hope depends on hearing. Romans 10, 17, faith comes by hearing, and hearing by the word of God. It enables you to live above the noise. I think about the children of Israel and they go into a space called the desert, the wilderness. And it's got to be the quietest place ever. You, you get out away from the city and from here, if we travel to the outback, it's quiet. I mean, there is a noise there of animals of some kind and that kind of thing, the wind uh, rustling through and all of that. But for the most part, the desert's a quiet place. But they bring the noise, their tinnitus, their murmuring, their gossiping, their frustration, their doubt, their unbelief, the voice of, oh, what, we can't do it. The voice of, oh, it was so good in Egypt when we were, we were making mud bricks and getting beaten, leeks and onions. They bring the tinnitus, the noise in their head to a quiet place. For 40 years, they're wandering with the noise, but they're in a quiet place, a place where it should be peace be still. And there are people here, you can't hear from God, and you can, you can go camping, go up to Double Island Point or Rainbow Beach or wh wherever, but if you're going to bring the noise with you, you might as well not go. I remember several years ago, we had a men's camp, and we got away. And um, we were actually over at Ron and Suki's place, and there's a shed that we were in. And uh, it was very quiet out there. And this one younger guy showed up, 
And he goes, uh, and I said, what's that? It was a ghetto blaster. <laughs> and he goes, yeah, you know, I brought this with me so we could listen to some music while we're here. I said, well, you can take that, put it in the car, but you're not turning that on. This is a place where we're, we're going to get away so we can hear from God, not hear some rap music or something. Like, not against music. I love music, but, you know, there's a place for everything. And to recalibrate, you've got to get rid of the noise. Rise above the noise. Or you'll wander and wander and wander through another year, just another year. Oh, it's just another year, and nothing's taking place. But you can step out, because you've never, you've never walked this way before. You can walk into a place that you've never been before, and God will take you to a place that, that, that you need to go, but you also can be a person that you've never been before. You have never walked this way before. You can walk a different way. You can have a different posture. The posture of faith has a confidence in it, not arrogance, but you can walk with your shoulders back knowing I've heard from God. I've recalibrated for next year. I've done that this year through consecration. I've repented. That's a big word, isn't it? I've changed my thinking. I've gone from this way, which was not God's way, in whatever areas that God shows up and, and, and reveals to you, and I've turned around from that thing, and I'm now walking towards God in God's will, and I'm not taking the tinnitus, the noise of doubt and unbelief and familiarity in the past of how good it was yesterday or how bad it was yesterday. I have turned from that. I've repented from walking that way, and I'm walking some way, way new into something new because God is with me. I have not walked that way before. I don't know about you, but I am looking forward to walking a different way into something new that God will show you this year coming up. Amen. Amen. Faith holds incredible promises, but they have to be heard in order to be appropriated. 2 Corinthians 1.20, one of my favorites. For no matter how many promises God has made, they are yes in Christ. And so through him, amen is spoken. So Joshua is going to take them uh, to a place that they haven't been before. I'd like our music team to come up because we're going we're gonna to prepare ourselves. That's what God said. Prepare yourself, Joshua. Consecrate yourself. Be dedicated, wholly dedicated, sacred, set apart. When you set yourself apart in him, it gives you character, courage, capabilities that you've never had. You've got to let go. The bigger his call, the deeper your consecration. Progress requires greater force than the force of the problem. So many of us, the problem is so big that we just can't see past that. Well, we've got to get to a place this time where we consecrate ourselves to stand in the promise and stand apart and be set apart so that God can conquer. God will conquer when you consecrate. Consecration is an investment that gives far more than it takes. Consecration is where you Go to exert strength to gain strength. So after the Jordan, there's a Jericho. There's going to be battles, cities 
so to speak, things that you can take next year that are going to require strength. And the strength you exercise now through consecration, it does take strength. You gain more strength through consecration so that after the Jordan, you go into your Jericho, the walls will come down, battles and dreams, things that you need to conquer. The consecration is where you get your strength and your courage. Consecration is letting go of everything to hold on to one person, and that's God. Wouldn't it be great if we could all consecrate ourselves this morning and really make whatever adjustments that God's telling you right now to recalibrate in many areas and start to look at being set apart setting your time your energy your conversations so right now whatever holding patterns why don't you just uh, bow your heads close your eyes and I'm going to ask the Holy Spirit right now to identify habits holding patterns that you might be in I like what Oral Roberts said years ago, I picked up on, never forgot. He said, whatever you compromise to keep, you will eventually lose. I believe there are, there are people here that are compromising re relationships. You're not following what Jesus as Lord says to do. But you're compromising to keep. Keep the peace. Don't, don't rock the boat. And you're not stepping out and becoming who God wants you to be because you're trying to pacify some people. Well, get ready to lose that relationship anyway because whatever you compromise to keep, you will eventually lose it. So right now, make some decisions. Turn, repent, turn from so you can turn toward. Turn, turn from compromised relationships, compromising and not putting God first in every, every area of your life. Why not make the decision right now, recalibrate right now for your future? Holy Spirit, just reveal to everyone, everyone that's, that's listening, reveal the adjustments that we need to make. Thank you, Lord. I believe that people here have got more than one thing. God's shown you, I got to get out of this holding pattern. Some of these holding patterns are sin. You're trapped. You need to bust out. How, how do I do that? You repent. Just tell God, I'm sorry, God, I... I Give me the power. I need to get out of this. I need to run out of it. God, give people the willpower now to bust out, to break out. This is not a New Year's resolution. It's a revolution. Father, I thank you right now. Power to turn. Power. 
to step forward power to walk in a different direction. You have not walked this way before. Power right now. Just draw upon that. Thank you. If you're here and you've never made Jesus Christ the Lord of your life, I'm going to pray for you. And then after that, we're going to have communion as part of consecration. Because that's a time where you consecrate yourself. And the blood washes away sin. And the body makes you whole. So we're going to have a real meaningful moment here as a church. Wherever you are, you can have communion as well. Take it at home if you want. But make it meaningful. You have never walked this way before. Recalibrate for your future. Don't take stuff into the the territory that God wants to move you into. Don't take the past. Walk out of it. Turn from it. So right now, if you want to pray with me, If you have not made Jesus Christ the Lord of your life, or perhaps you did, but you walked away, you can turn back to him. He is the way, not the why. He's the way, the truth, and the life. Stop asking why did that happen and why did that. He's not called the why. He's called the way. He'll show you the way out and the way into right now. So I'm going to pray, and you can pray this after me if you'd like to, but really mean it. Say, Dear God, I repent of everything that's not pleasing to you. Jesus, I make you the Lord of my life. My life is not mine It belongs to you. Now, Jesus, lead me out so that you can take me in. Break off holding patterns, sin, anything that's not pleasing to you. Jesus, I give my life to you. Amen. Thank you for listening to the City Church Podcast. If you enjoyed this message or God worked through you in any way, then please take a moment to contact us through our website at city-church.net or email us your feedback at info at city-church.net.